0: I think that's a a problem that a lot of people face is they're just in this community of being and feeling safe, right? So they never push themselves or challenge themselves and all of a sudden 20, 30 years go by and they're still in the same cubicle. You gotta take a gamble, a risk on yourself and that's what the military drives to. And just bringing that back is the military instills that resilience in you and that ability to push
1: forward. Choose not to live in a world of filters, Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast.
2: Hey, welcome to another episode of Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, this this episode a little bit a little bit different than normal. Uh, we actually teamed together uh, myself, and the Medivac Podcast, Dave Reed, and Christian Myers to do a joint podcast episode, and it was. It was fantastic. We actually came together. Texas Valor Project is a nonprofit here locally in Texas. We uh, we thought, how can we join forces together and, and raise the uh, awareness for you know traumatic brain injury for veterans and raise some money, help them, you know, with the clay shoot and and uh, help to to do this at no cost to veterans, to help them have some dramatic changes. So uh Medivac podcast if you haven't subscribed to them you should head on over to them uh, they actually do a an intro to the beginning of this episode as well as knucklehead podcast so anyway joint a uh, little joint uh, podcast episode uh that we did here had a lot of fun appreciate everybody if you haven't subscribed to both of them and myself uh go ahead and do that talk to you soon guys enjoy the episode
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Medivac Podcast, powered by the Robert Irvine Foundation, whose mission is to support and strengthen the physical and mental well-being of our nation's heroes and
1: their families. I'm one of your hosts, David Reed. And I'm your other host, Christian Myers. This is a special episode of the Medivac Podcast. We are uh, jointly releasing this with Knucklehead Podcast.
0: And on the road, and as on on the you road. can tell.
1: Yeah, so we are in Rockwall, Texas with the Texas Valor Project at the Texas Gun Ranch in uh, Rockwall, Texas. We're here raising some money for veterans and doing some pretty cool stuff. We have with us host of the Knucklehead
2: podcast, Stephen Cullen. Yep, very nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, this is a, a, a joint production uh, for Knucklehead podcast where uh, we talk about, quite frankly, just screw ups and mistakes and the things that you do <laughs> in business and, and, uh, and what those mistakes, quite frankly, lead to, the success that you have in your life. So um Love to talk a little bit more about that and how that came about, but uh, we are here at, uh, at Texas Gun Ranch, formerly known as the Rockwall Gun Club. So I'm uh, I'm excited, uh, honored that we would have some guests coming in from from out of uh, I almost said out of state. Out of the country recently. You know, so, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, San so, Antonio, Texas.
0: Yeah. We're we're quite close. It's like a whole. Yeah, it's it's just right. Up Only the like
2: five hours, like which is a states away for most people. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, thirty five. It could. Yeah, I'm surprised it took you. Uh, didn't take you like seven or eight. I mean, getting out of Austin <sighs> sometimes will take almost you five gotta hours.
0: Perfectly time it. Yeah, you got to yeah. perfectly time. it. <laughs> you really it's
2: do. Interstate for Texas, but that's like six
1: countries in Europe. <laughs> five hours of driving. Yeah.
0: Well. Interesting. So we're combining our podcasts here and, and doing a collaborative push so we could reach the most impact possible, right? And I just like to preface the show: is you know all military veterans here, service, Air Force, Chair Force, yes, Chair Force, eleven years for all the Medevac people. They know us. Army, Army here, and Marine, Marine, Marine
2: Corps. So talk slow. Uh, we have all the crayons hidden, so we're yeah, we're good. We're- <laughs> We're fine. So we should be fine. We'll right, keep right. on track. Yeah. We'll keep on track today. So, um, yeah. And I think that the thing that stood out to me about uh, y'all and what y'all's mission is, I'll be honest with you, is part of, part of like a byproduct of doing this type of, uh, this type of medium and right. the network that, that comes of it. Uh, we got a mutual friend, Aaron. Who yeah. mm-hmm. brought us together, and that's what he does. He's that's his skill set. It's a it's a strong suit. That quite frankly, you, you don't know that you have that strong suit until after you get out of the military. If you, if because when you're in the military, it's like you taught lowest common denominator. There's no individual characteristics, but maybe expe- except for your community.
0: You know, <laughs> it's still the same thing. You know, you're in garrison, right? There's it's high and tight for everything, and those skills do kind
2: of polish themselves when you get out. I do agree yeah. with that. It's it's crazy just how things come together. So. Appreciate y'all's time and Absolutely. appreciate your audience. So if you're, if you're, so just the, the clear action is, is if you're listening to this, you're not subscribed to MedVac podcast. First of all, you're wrong. So after you get done doing pushups, go in and go to their social media channels, subscribe. What does it hit the bell and button or do y'all have those? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. There the you bell go. Bell and button. Yeah. So That's subscribe right. and then, uh, and then go over to knucklehead podcast. If you want some easy things to fall asleep to at nighttime and yeah. subscribe there too. Absolutely Probably not. Over. A bedtime story for us, for the most part.
0: No, probably not. It's <laughs> all right. That's all right. Ours might give you nightmares or a little tearjerker nah. before you know, bed. You we, know? It, we do a good job of bringing it back up towards the end, right? Is, is, I think that's the best part of this whole community is we're able to open up and share um, some of the difficult stories that we have, the adversities that we face, but yet we could still be candid about it mm-hmm. and just open, make jokes all the time, right? And
2: that's exactly what you do on your show. Well, what's interesting is um, when I first, so when I was in the military, I, hearing how, like what made people laugh, mm. if they, if they're not around that type of humor for long, they would, they'd be horrified. Oh, like they, they'd be like, oh my God, what do yeah. what you, you, that's funny. That's, that can't be funny. You're going to yeah. get canceled. <laughs> um, and so the, the, uh, the opportunity there, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about uh, how things, I think you use the analogy of the Oregon Trail. Um, mm, yeah. Which which can you let the audience know exactly what that is before? Because I want to reference it a handful of times.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I use the philosophy of the Oregon Trail for podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that, you know, everybody used to think that they'd make their fortune on this journey um, to California for the gold rush. And yet the people who made the money were the those that opened the salons uh, or, or the uh, saloons and the brothels and all these shops. Right. Those were the people that made the money.
2: Yeah. And so that 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 almost supply chain, when you think about it from a like a physical manifestation standpoint, there's something that's drawing people to an objective and then from where they were to where they want to go. That supply chain creates so many opportunities. And so I think of the military in that way, because we all had our lives prior to the military. We joined it selfishly. Um to stabilize something in our life or go and, and try to capture some type of camaraderie, and then the organization that follows that opportunity, what it leads to like there's no way prior to the military, if you could tell me what we were going to do afterwards that I would go, oh yeah that's why I want to join you know what i mean and and so anyway, I say all that to say that um, when it comes to when it comes to what people have been able to do after the military causes like this are very I, they're just very near and dear just because it just it means something like when i talk to my kids about what means something to them that you know it's fortnite or you know some type of video game or something that's seemingly superficial this actually i think carries on a little bit of what america uh, what, what makes america unique and, and when i say america i mean what makes this country unique in serving with folks around the world it actually makes them unique too it's like common of people with ser- that, that want to serve
0: and I, I think, you know, we, we had an interesting conversation yesterday uh, with one of our guests. And I, I, I think that ability to expand culture is a really huge aspect of it. Being in the military, ex, uh, you know, exposes you to just a multitude of different worlds, right? And it unplugs you from the system you're in. So I really think that it
2: helps cultivate this environment of thinking outside of the box. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, I, where I was going was, have y'all ever heard of Vet TV? Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you know that. All right, so a, a former employee at, at Knucklehead actually took over their, their marketing department. He's a CMO over at uh, Veterans. So shout out to Justin over at Vet TV. Nice. But if you look at what they do, <laughs> that humor, like there's a niche, a niche audience that they go and serve, and 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 part of his role is to be able to go and expand that aperture a little bit. You sure, know, go and yeah. and go and find those folks who need that humor and that that making light of a very serious and and dark. Uh, subject, mm. which is, I think what what you talk about. Yeah, Y'all talk absolutely. about those dark yeah. subjects, and then mental health and then, struggles. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and they that's a that's a bear all in itself. Mm-hmm. The mental health yeah. struggle is is part of what Knucklehead was founded on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I was I was screwing up so bad in my personal life, and I was screwing up so bad uh, at work that it you know you didn't realize how those mistakes and those screw ups and the lost money and the you know bad relationships and the poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Or actually, the reason why you can actually have success later on in life. But mm. in the time, it's devastating. You know, you, you fail businesses, you can't pay your bills, uh, kids are hungry, mm. you know, wife wants to have options, you can't provide them. It, it's devastating. Mm. It, tell us a little bit about that.
1: So, what, what, what brought Knucklehead to, to be uh, or to fruition, I guess? You yeah. said it was born
2: out of struggle. Yeah. I'd like to hear about that. It was, yeah. So I was um, I was building a sales team in Austin. Uh, it was an ag, uh, it was an ag tech startup. So okay. the business had been around for thirty or forty years, a trading business, and um, and in that business uh, there were some people who were taking admin tasks and you know running HR, but they what they wanted to do was create a, a technology platform, um, and uh, and that's kind of where my specialty of talking to folks and, and leading and Building businesses and sales teams, I, we had built a corporate uh, corporate wellness business in Austin prior to that, my wife and I. Okay, and um, and at that time, I was employee number three at that organization, mm. and then I built a sales team out to twelve. And sales is not the same thing as HR. Like it's it's messy. I mean, you're you're dealing with people in the in the agricultural business where you're part of the supply chain for for food, so you're dealing with ranchers and uh, people who. For a living, they stand on a on a food production line for eight to ten hours a day, and it's you know it's it's not easy work. It's hard work, and and they're not polite. They're not easy to talk with, and so you're having to train you know green, wet behind the ears sales folks on how to be relatable, how how to show value, um, how to mix it up, how to you know capitalize on opportunity, buy low and sell high, and then still show value to our customers. Mm -hmm. And um, HR wouldn't like that. HR wanted to make sure that everybody fit in a box, and so in that control mechanism, my time in the military, I, I don't, I didn't do well with, it's not that I don't do well with authority. I think I was just immature looking back on it now Mm. to, uh, the, the amount of like forcing functions that took place after the military. And it was like a continuation of my resistance to Mm. to that. And so HR and I, we had a a handful of issues over and over and over again. And out of that frustration and me not knowing how to conduct myself, um, uh, there was There was an issue with one of our sales reps, and I was trying to resolve that at the same time I had this hr director who wasn 't being honest with the owner of the company about some of the the relationships within the sales team and um, long story short is I, I kind of i got very um, I, I kind of lost my shit, so to speak, on Hr uh, because she was overstepping her bounds first of all, and then in addition to that. Um, she wasn't taking the time to understand the whole story. Mm-hmm. She was being proactive, trying to uh, control the sales team. And uh, I didn't appreciate that. And I felt like she was attacking my integrity to a certain extent. So I reacted. And, and when I did, I texted my wife exactly how I felt about somebody who was doing that. And uh, after about an hour and a half, I didn't get a message back from my wife. And I realized I had actually texted the HR director. Oh. Exactly. What I felt Oops. about her. Whoops. <laughs> so um, needless, needless to say, that was the Sure it was an accident?
1: That, <laughs> that, that was the sure. genesis
2: of, of Knucklehead. So uh. Uh, I call that a bonehead and knucklehead mistake. And what <laughs> yeah. that what that was is things like that are provide opportunities for better better things later on, mm-hmm. but they don't seem like it at the time. Mm. And so what happened was i started talking to people about screw ups and mistakes that they had made in business and what successes that led to mm-hmm. uh and that's where knuckle came from
0: oh, that's a great origin story <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, like that, that is a great or- and definitely a bonehead move yeah bonehead don't that's, so don't,
2: so if you're listening don't text your hr director what you think of them so yeah
0: well i mean it, how did it feel to be able to release that <laughs> there was there's got to be a point where you're just like yeah well, well,
2: <laughs> well, at
0: least she knows now, you know,
2: <laughs> I said what everybody wanted to say. Yeah. So.
0: And, and, and I'm just curious, like, what was the result of your position?
2: there? Uh, we we uh, amicably decided to, to go different ways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just kind of how it oh, works. Boy. So to the HR you yeah, know, yeah. department as well. well she, that's, she, needless to say, she didn't want to work with me anymore. So it's like, yeah, I get it. Uncomfortable. Who would have known this crazy fire breathing Marine when she, you know, she, she lived in Austin, so I'll let you put together some clues. She and, thought and, differently than I did.
0: And, question, I just, I'm just curious, how many years ago was this? Uh, this was 2017. Okay, tw- so, you know,
2: quite fresh. Yeah. Ish. Seven years ish or so. God, yeah, six. Crazy. Six years. Crazy how, God,
0: how, crazy how time flies, man.
2: It really is. Well, I mean, it, it created an opportunity for me to, uh, to go do some other things that I wanted mm. to do it. anyway. Yeah. It just it was. Forge your own path. Yeah, it was like, all right. Go out there and do that now. So
0: I, I think that's a, that's a problem that a lot of people face is they're just in this community of being and feeling safe, right? Sure. So they never push themselves or challenge themselves. And all of a sudden, 20, 30 years go by. Yeah. And they're still in the same cubicle, right? Yeah. You got to take a gamble, a risk on yourself. And that's what the military drives to. Mm-hmm. Just bringing that back is the military instills that resilience in you and that ability to push
2: forward. Yeah, it really... It forces you out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's something that I wanted to ask both of y'all because hmm. um, both of y'all came from the you know the medical side, and there's a significant amount of formal education that comes with that hmm. uh, when I think of uh, folks who are trained formally, I don't always think of the military as a as a good pathway, especially in the medical field, yeah. unless you're talking about trauma and you're talking about uh, dealing with traumatic injuries as they happen and then helping people process that afterwards so how has, that been? How has that been for y'all?
0: Yeah, I think origin story. That's the origin story of this show. Now we get our turn, right? right yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is going
1: to be great. Uh, I was a bonehead. <laughs> <laughs> Made a whoopsie. Uh, but to, to your point, I just wanted to address something that you said with, uh, you know, you didn't consider the, the medical aspect of, and, and military going hand in hand. What a lot of people don't realize is every major medical advancement of the last hundred years has been explicitly due to war. So every every medical advancement with plastic surgery, with traumatic brain injuries, with PTSD, with everything starting from World War One, all the way till present day, uh, every single med- major medical advancement was directly because of conflict. I didn't so know that. So plastic surgery started in Let's World talk War One. Prosthetics, prosthetics as well. Yeah. Um, um, prosthetics. prosthetics yeah.
0: I mean, twenty five, thirty years ago, you're still rocking wooden legs. I mean, even like 10 years ago, people were still doing it, right? 15 years ago? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're making me yeah. feel old now because I've, I've had <laughs> this yeah, for 10, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> 13 years, actually. But um, yeah, so like the, these devices, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are pros and cons to war as well, right? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, our ability to push forward in medicine has definitely been from the
2: war machine. Mm-hmm. That's it, yeah. it's fascinating when you think about that because yeah. again, that just goes back to the point of, conflict creates the opportunity for breakthroughs. And,
0: and as an injured person, and, 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 then we'll rewind it back and talk about how this, this was kickstarted too, is, and, and this, this is a, a moment of realization I had as, as the war just ended abruptly. Right. Um, I had a thought like this, just overwhelming feeling that I didn't even recognize would happen. was I was like, what am I going to do with my legs? Like our prosthetic development's going to stop. So that was like a huge
2: awakening for me as well. And that was that realization that locked in that feeling. Is that right? Um, when, it comes to, when it comes to processing it um, mentally, I- I'm curious, just because people have their perception of what struggle really is, mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about how you calibrate, you know, how people. Sometimes when they're in the military they they kind of have this disdain towards folks who who don't understand maybe what they have gone through and and they almost act irrational about mm-hmm. it um, how did you how did you calibrate you know what struggle really was and put into context whenever you're dealing with folks who who don't struggle the way that you have
0: Well, you know the way I look at that is that You know, the way I look at adversity is everybody faces their own battles, right? It doesn't matter if you're, you know, hit in war or you're crossing a street and you see your best friend get hit, right? Post-traumatic stress is the same response physiologically um, across the board, right? And I, being in special operations, signed up for that too. So I went into that expecting this. And we see this across the board with those, those combat experienced veterans Have a tendency to like maybe have a little less PTS than, you know, the truck driver who got hit by an ID. And it's because they were mentally ready and they had that mental fortitude established already to get get past that. So I always kind of see that um, when people talk to me about it is, is this is a real experience for them. And you have to be able to listen to that. And that's what's really, really powerful about the show Medivac Podcast, where we're now seeing an audience base expand into the civilian network. And that's because you could take the stories of anyone and pull from that and piece together how you're going to overcome that obstacle that you face.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's I think I see a lot of application uh, in the business world to a certain extent. Mm. Whenever I was talking about um, taking a risk and making a mistake, or if while you're taking a, a much more strategic risk by you know being a part of a startup, and you go out there and you're you're essentially you're you're on the front lines of the business to try to go out and capture revenue to go feed the monster, right? So you're yeah. you're trying to go and fight and kill and capture uh, to make you know to make money for the organization, and yet there's still some structure. Some proper ways to do things, some policy, so to speak, and I can feel like that almost gets in the way, like mm. a bureaucracy to a certain extent, so it can, and that's you know why we're in business but,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, you know I, I think and, and to tie it all together on on to like why it's so important for what we do too is you know Christian you know spent and i 'll let you you bring it up, but years in rescue and I, I being on the injured side of things and we collided with this concept.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I spent uh, a little over 11 years in the air force doing combat search and rescue. So my my whole career was spent on the other end of, you know, picking up guys in Dave's position. Uh, So when we sat down and we thought about how can we bring these stories together? The the idea really was to present both sides of the story ultimately. So we wanted to have injured personnel and and people who had been rescued tell their side of the story as well as rescue personnel uh, explain how they deal with it as well. So, in most instances, it's the most important day or the, the most uh, life-changing day for an injured person, right? You step on IED, you lose your legs, something like that, along those lines, it, it pivots your entire life. For somebody in rescue, you're, you're picking up those people every single day. And the idea was, how do you explain or, or how do you compartmentalize those things? And we wanted to work through those, those stories so we can under, understand how people piece resiliency together, right? How they utilize those strengths. So we, we could have our guests pick that out or our audience pick out those little pieces and apply it to their own life because there are a lot of crossovers, right? And I wanted to go back to what you said uh, a, a little bit earlier about, uh, you mentioned like a comparison, right? How do you deal with something that like Dave's gone through, right? Stepping on an IED and losing your leg versus someone else who hasn't. Well, as Dave says a lot, and we, we say fairly often on the show, it's important not to diminish your own story, right? Mm. And when you ask when you ask that question specifically, you are inherently diminishing your own story, right? You, you've not stepped on an IED. You've not lost your leg. Have you gone through hard things in your life though? Oh yeah. Is that comparable to what Dave's gone through? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. But it, to you it is. To you it is. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and as soon as you have that comparison, because what, what Dave's gone through, well, we, we've had plenty of guys who have no arms and no legs. Yeah. And is oh, man, that, that's a whole nother story. That's a, that, and again, like, is what Dave's gone through c- comparable to what they've gone through? Again, still, it's diminishing your own value yeah. and it's diminishing that, that part of the story. So we, we, we don't like asking that question that way, specifically for that. We don't want anyone to feel like, well, I haven't gone through something quite that hard. I need to toughen up. No, that's not the right answer. Like you right. need to process the things that you've gone through still and work through them in order to come out on the other side. Because if you stop like, well, he's gone through something way harder. I should just forget about or this. Or my favorite, yeah. my favorite when I was in the hospital was it could be worse. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's, I relate the comparison, comparing your own story to, it could be worse, right? It's like, okay, well, I never went through that. Okay. Diminishes your story or it could be worse. Diminishes your story. Right. And, and I remember saying that, like someone said that to me, an officer came in and said, well, at least, you, you know, you didn't lose both legs. And I was like, get the fuck out of this room.
2: Right. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fairly insensitive thing to say so I, I'm following the, the logic there that you've well you know, it's, you it's everybody right
0: we all do it yeah. like we all compare ourselves that's what we do as humans and you know that's what we're trying to do with our audience base is, is kind of train train you not to think that way yeah and it, it's like okay he's gone through that adversary he's gone through this okay how does that apply to me well Physical training sucked for him, right? What did you What did you do for that, right? And we could take these bits and pieces, and we could really bolster up our way to expedite the process of healing.
2: Yeah, I think that the, if people come at it from that perspective, I can see how that would expedite
0: perspective. Healing. Everything's perspective, and and that's to answer your question. Like bringing it back to is is um, you know I going through what I have, and uh, you know having the stories and talking to over a hundred guests at this point is. Like use that as education and providing perspective to myself so that I can understand m- multiple perspectives and then help maybe guide you into uh, like thinking
2: outside that box. A hundred percent. And that perspective, to your point, only comes from talking to people willing oh. to be willing to put yourself out there because I'm sure the first time you did it, you were nervous. But- oh, yeah even just doing a podcast, you're like, I've talked to people before. What is it about press and record that causes me? I'm a freak? exactly. You're like, I'm a f- mumbling idiot. I don't want to listen. So uh, I think, I think if we, if we bring it back to kind of what we're doing here today with TVP, I think of a lot of what we've touched on. It, it provides an opportunity for those in the local community. Uh, the DVP is unique in the, in that it, it deals with, uh, it deals with your processing function to so your brain and, and, helps to correct helps to provide some corrective action to help you get through life mm-hmm. easier right I, I, i'm not a medical guy so i can't even pretend to uh, imagine like what that was i try to simplify things but sure. at its simplest form that's kind of how i understand what tvp provides the opportunity for veterans to do mm-hmm. yeah
1: so tvp texas valor project right, on. right? Yep. Is a nonprofit entity that's exactly right so and the, the purpose of today's event is to help raise money for transcranial magnetic stimulation, right?
2: That's, that's the idea. Yep. Perfect. That's exactly right. And, and everybody here who's in this, in this area. So those of you who who don't live in North Texas, who, you know, aren't in Rockwall, I, I think that it's important to talk about how supportive a community like Rockwall is and how, if you're in a community where you want to do something that this is, you can follow a model of what's been done, not just here because it's, I mean, Wilmington, North Carolina. There's a lot of operators, a lot of you know Marine Raiders out that way. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. they have a very active veteran community. I mean, it's that's it's not just Rockwall. There's they're yeah. all over the place, and so these causes and there's veterans all over the place, and there's folks who want to help all over the place. So um, I just think that we're here. So let's talk about TVP. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Absolutely. So did you have a question, Sorry, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me the origin of, of Texas Valor Project. Where, where did it start? Who who
2: began it? Well, to be honest with you. Um, Somebody else would tell this story better than me. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm one of those guys who is good friends with people who've, who've gone through the treatment themselves. Mm. Yeah. And then as a result of them going through the treatment, they wanted to go and raise money to not talk about the treatment, but to go and facilitate the treatment within veterans in the community.
0: Well, sure. let, let's talk about then your your aspect, your observation yeah. of, you know, I'm sure there's a before and after, right? of going through this process. And some of your observations to that would be like, what do you see the improvements in?
2: Yeah. So um, there's a rigidity going through kind of the special operating community uh, where you feel more at ease whenever you're around probably another operator. There's probably a little bit of competitiveness there, I would imagine, but you know, not, no, no, not, not not if you're with the right teammate. Good. Okay. That's fair. That's a, that's a good observation. Um, And I would say that, That the answer is yes. Okay, good to go. (laughs) The the rigidity, that rigidity, uh, it's like, it's like that that resistance that somebody's running into in business, or that resistance that somebody's running into in their interpersonal relationships. Mm. It's it's almost like that went away. You could be more empathetic after, and the guys that are going through that treatment. The rigidity that they had, I mean, that rigidity could be caused by somebody cutting them off in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, You know, somebody accidentally hitting their grocery. I mean, they're on edge all the time. Sure. Mm. And maybe rightfully so. They're still processing what's going on. And then after the treatment, it's like they they were a whole new person. They started exercising more. Mm. Um, Specifically, Chris, the guy who's in here, I think he lost like 50 or 60 pounds. Wow. Wow, that Um, That is great. You know, just things like that that are... The walls come down. a little bit. They yeah. really do, um, and I don't know what I don't know why that is. But well,
1: yeah, with uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, yeah, it helps with uh, major brain anti anti-inflam- anti inflammation. So it, it reduces a lot of the inflammation in your brain, which is pretty typical with both PTSD and, and TBI symptoms. It helps to actually rewire some of your neural pathways as well, the same way that psychedelics do, or in a similar matter that psychedelics do. So there's a lot of crossover in the alternative modalities between like the psychedelics. The transcranial magnetic stimulation, stellar ganglion blocks, things like that, these alternative modalities people are trying, uh, seem to bode very similar results, um, even with very wildly different modalities, right? Ketamine therapy as well. Yeah, ketamine therapy. There's... Same thing. We're seeing those walls melt down a little bit. Yeah, so it's it's reducing uh, that that heightened response, right? So that, that fight-or-flight response that most people are in, and that's it's a common misconception that it's only PTSD, right? A lot of mm-hmm. those same symptoms uh, are, are due to TBI, so traumatic brain injury. It is a physical injury of the brain that has caused uh, mental degradation or you know those heightened responses, those heightened alert responses, things like that. Um, and so the, yeah, the TMS is, from what I've seen, has been you know, incredibly beneficial. It seems to be a 30-day program where you go in every single day, five days a week for a you know, half hour, hour of the stimulation, and it seems to be reducing that, that inflammation, helping to rewire those neural pathways and help people to you know, process through
2: uh, the things that they have not been able to previously. Something you touched on earlier, yeah, you just talked about how you know, with some of the mission of medevac about how you're helping people think differently to process their own story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what you just described this particular treatment as.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but that's, a, that's the thing about like these technologies. And and we talked about the war machine who's, who's emphasized these treatments, right. And, and really expedited the process of research within uh, PTS and TBI. Funny thing that touches on him is, is that he said is traumatic brain injuries are, we're learning the, what, We were learning about post traumatic stress after Vietnam. Like we've, we've, we now understand post traumatic stress, but now we're seeing that those in conjunction really are doing the detrimental damage. Um, But we've created these treatments that were able to expedite the process. And there is nothing like talking at the end of the day, though, right? Is opening up. And veterans have a tendency to not want to open up, one, two, not open up. To people who've, who haven't experienced what they have right and and that 's the thing is we're trying to find that commonality, that line as well, and you could talk about it, and we have a, a saying on the show being tough but tender so now, in conjunction with being able to see you know our guests, our powerful guests come on and open up like the, the toughest men in the world, right you know bin Laden Raiders, whoever it is, and open up' to people like, okay okay, I, could, I guess I can open up. Great. Right? That's that comparison, right? I 100%. guess I can open up. And then we provide input and education on some of these systems that they have in place. So now they're open to that and now they start it. So now they're talking. Now they're doing things for their mental health. And it's really just this really amazing holistic aspect and approach.
2: Healing. That's exactly how I'm hearing you describe. I mean, that's a, the whole process. I mean, uh, uh, family heals. There's interpersonal relationships and in, in, in business and... Uh, you know, if somebody's active in the church or in the community, so all of those things, the net benefit of that, and I think that that whenever we started talking about topics for this show, um, Christian, you and I had a conversation last week, and I was thinking about healing from the inside out, and then mm. what what is the after effect of that? Yeah, mm. um, and that's that's what made me excited about when Aaron, the connectivity between all of this, was Aaron bringing us together. Um, he's been able to like his physical healing. I don't know if y'all knew him several years ago, like his back yeah. was jacked up. Now it's, it's like his back's fine, you know, and he he's been able to create opportunities, you know, uh, for himself, him and Kim, Kim got a, a like there's his, his life has changed. Yeah. So, Tremendously. um, I have not heard of a negative impact and I'm sure that there may be some, but the positives seem to significantly outweigh whatever type of negative recourse there is. And they seem like a hell of a better treatment. Hmm. You know, I know that we're not involved with any pharmaceuticals uh, at Knucklehead, so it seems like a way better treatment than some of the stories I've heard from that direction.
1: Yeah, uh, a big part of the issue is that, you know, when you get out of the military, the VA hands you your prescription list. Here's Uh your 45 different medications you get to take, and a lot of those have crossover symptoms. They, you know, they have opposing effects, and they can oftentimes exacerbate some of the symptoms, uh, if not outright, you know, so in some cases destroy people's lives, right? Where they get completely addicted to these things and they become reliant on them. They have no opportunity to to escape that. So providing, I think with with the Medivac podcast, we provide insight to people and like, hey, there are other solutions out there. But much like you said, healing from the the inside out, right? So the oxygen mask theory is what we always start with. You can't help others until you help yourself first. Yeah. And if you have people that are reliant on you and you're not helping yourself, well you're not in turn helping helping them. Yeah. So providing the the insight and and the education access to resources that's that's something that we do on the show is we try to give people as many resources as possible to take advantage of we routinely have different nonprofits on to talk about their programs
2: we have uh we've got, had a lot of y'all al- talked about hero sports y'all talked to mike mike barker no in no san antonio no not yet um, it's not yet great guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yet. we'll have to have him. I'll, I'll introduce y'all yeah but, perfect he was on the uh, the pocket you started going down the vein of, mm-hmm. of nonprofits and and organizations yeah I, what is there forty four thousand nonprofit organizations like designed for i can't remember where that stat came from but i think it's designed to attribute contribute to the cause of just trying to heal so oh, it's like yeah this is a very um close uh, close topic it's a mission of a lot of veterans after they get done serving for sure yeah absolutely
0: and, and that's bridging the gap too as we always talk about that and uh is that these nonprofit entities and the, the VA systems that he's he was kind of tagging on here were prescription medications, you know, was shoved down people's throats, the patients' throats. And, you know, these nonprofit entities really started popping up, right? Wounded Warrior Project being one of the the first that that really, you know, kind of got into the public view. But um, finding these avenues to to bridge that gap between the healthcare that's provided by the VA system and whatever that route of therapy you need, right? There's, there's various different approaches. And I think if you've listened to this at all in the last 10 minutes, you could say there is 30 different ways to heal, you know, to go around that. Right. And that's what we always talk about. Neural pathways is like, there's different approaches to this. Um, and these nonprofits through adventure therapies or group therapies or you know the these these psychedelic medicines right there's so many different approaches to this um, and you know just to have a platform to push those out to people is what it 's always about you know so in in this show, we always talk about rescue recovery resiliency, and continued service and a lot of those vets that come out are opening these nonprofits so it's fantastic to hear
2: it really is and you know, if you're out there uh, and you're not, you know, and you didn't serve, use the point that they were making earlier, you can still be involved. And so one of the ways that you can be involved is you can donate money. You can donate money to those causes. And there's a bunch out there. So leverage the resources that we'll put in the show notes or uh, TVP is one of them. But my challenge is just go out there and and get educated about the things that are out there. Hmm. Right. That's a and that in itself could be a full-time job because of all, yeah. all, the, all the different things that are out there. So uh, in the context of, of, of this episode, you know, I, I think that we're, we're kind of getting to a point where we're, we've got about just a few minutes left here before we start bringing in some other folks here in a little bit and talking to them. Um, one thing that we like to do on Knucklehead is to, is to have a, a single lesson. If you could look back onto a time where a mistake or screw-up in your business caused you to learn something that actually led to a breakthrough. So um, you know we've had we've had some operators on like Mike Mike Sorelli uh, he was part of uh, Jocko's group for a period of time and then he went off kind of did his own thing with E.F. Overwatch. Uh, we've had you know uh, venture you know venture capital organizations uh, guys who are in charge of those. There's a guy named Yin Young who's down in Austin. He started a, a fast casual sushi place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's you know linked up with like the the Y Combinator crowd and. Um, you know, those was entrepreneur organization, EO and YPO and all those yeah. different organizations. And those are great uh, support mechanisms for people who are out there leading in their in their respective business fields. Yeah. But I'm curious, was there a screw up or there a mistake for either one of y'all that led to the breakthrough of the success that you have now?
0: Yeah, um, I stepped on a bomb. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Not to devalue this at all, but you got to bring it up. Uh, You got to bring bring it up a little bit because it's a morbid subject. I think, uh, you know, like like maybe biggest screw up, uh, you know, would be I mean, I would say life lesson more than anything. Um, You got to screw up yeah let's hear it
1: yeah um, I know the one you're thinking of yeah we <laughs> can't we can't talk about that one uh. <laughs> unfortunately uh. <laughs> i know I know we want to but yeah for for me my 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 biggest one is uh it comes back from from my time in nonprofits and it's it's understanding who you're working with and and really making sure that you know. Who you're you're committing to in a business sense, right? So, uh, I look at uh, business partnerships as kind of a marriage, right? Uh, you are tying yourself together financially, legally, and you have to have a bond that's, that's consummate with that, right? Yep. i was saying you have to consummate that. But, <laughs> Thank but you for clarifying. That yeah. is consummate with yeah. that, right? So, And it has to, if you are getting into business or if you're taking a chance on something like that, you have to know who you're, you know, proverbially getting into bed with, right? And if you do not, you open yourself up to great risk. Uh, so it's important to vet the people that you're, you're, you're getting in, uh, into business with and to working with. Um, I myself learned that unfortunately, the hard way uh, with, uh, with a previous business partner. And I, I did not heed warnings that were given to me early on. I like to give mm-hmm. people the benefit of the doubt, um, which I think is a strong suit. And I still give people the benefit of the doubt because I don't let one person sway that. That being said, if there are written warnings or if, there are, if there's writing on the wall, it's there for a reason and, uh, and don't, don't pass by it. So that's, that's the biggest one for me. That's great, that is
0: great. Now, for me, thanks for saving me on that one. No, um, (laughs) what I was going to say is uh, being impeccable with your word. Mm -hmm. I think um, externally and internally um, is a a big one. You know, always be true to yourself. And if you're not true to yourself, you're not going to be who you are meant to be at the end of the day. Um, You know, there's often times where we set expectations that are unrealistic. And we need to be able to internalize that and think about what we're saying,
2: you know? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Um, it, bite off a little. I call that just taking an appetite suppressor. Just, just, just you know. Yeah. I mean, how many times as business owners, have
0: we been in, in it situations where we get our heightened response or our heightened emotions and we go to our team and we say, this is what's going to happen, right? And then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. And that's, that's the big thing where it's soul crushing on both ends when that doesn't come true. So if you don't know something, it's okay to say, I don't know it. And go find the answers, right? So, I, I, in and, in, you know, two, I think another one is to be open, you know, to be curious and not judgmental, as Whitman would say, you know, is um, you have to, in, in order to be receptive to everything that's going on, you know, trying these psychedelic therapies and trying different modalities and going to a fireside chat and opening up, you have to have an open heart. And and if you don't open yourself up to that, you'll be resistant and those walls will continue to
2: build. That's absolutely, I mean, 100%. I, I'd say that all the time, but I, that's my way of saying it, I, agree. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly that there's the, pr- the principle of mistakes and screw-ups that other people have made. Other people can apply. Somebody's sitting mm, there right now yeah. beating themselves up because they didn't, they've, they didn't listen to somebody's warning. That's you know? And yeah. um, I want them to be able to, to hear that story and, and just know, listen, dude, you're, this is an example of Christian having gone through it and being better as a result of having gone through that, you know, same thing with you, Dave. So, um, I appreciate y'all's time. Appreciate y'all coming out here, uh, today. Do y'all have a specific way you want to wrap up? Cause I, otherwise what we're going to do is, uh, I'm going to tell people to subscribe to socials and we're going to go snag Chris and a couple of the other guys.
0: Yeah, well, I, before we go, I'm curious to, yeah.
2: you know, same, same question to you, um, I always, I always point back to that that time, the, the sharing the story with Hr um, just because it was such a, a pivotal point for for me. I was trying to put our life together after the military. Um, I had separated from the reserves, so I had no more i, I wasn 't in the military anymore yeah, no ties and um, I was really just trying to piece things together, but at the same time, I was down in Austin around folks who were in the uh, venture capital uh, space uh, you know i 'm a sales guy, so i 'm out there talking to people constantly. Um, and I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something. We had just failed in a corporate training business where it started out as personal training, and then we started training groups of people, and then we started to train some of those groups of people that led businesses. So mm. that led to an opportunity to take the network of chiropractors and physical therapists and massage therapists and bring them in in an organized format to, to do corporate wellness services in Austin. Mm. And, um, you know, there's insurance companies there that can help subsidize that cost, Human Vitality. There's just so many different ways to, to finance and lower the overall cost of, of healthcare for corporates or corporations. And I had just failed at that. And, and so... Um, it was, it, when I look back at that particular point in time, um, uh, we weren't around the people that we wanted to be, uh, um, the kids weren't with, you know, families and or other kids that we felt like would be, uh, supportive. And so what we did is we, we came back here. So I'd say that particular time of not stopping hmm. and really truly evaluating what was the priority, we stayed, we stayed in something for probably four or five years longer than what we should have. So I would say not stopping, and evaluating, and then going out and getting perspective when you when you feel like speeding up is the right answer. Most of the time, it's not. It's yeah. slowing down so and evaluating.
0: So funny that that was the next thing I was going to say <laughs> on this closeout was, um, you know, my advice to all all those out there who you know, who, tons of people come up to me and they say you know, how'd you get through that injury? Like, you know, like, how'd you get through it? I, I could never do that myself, right? And then that's that comparison again. But what I always say is like, you take it day by day. You have to do put one foot in front of the other, excuse my pun there, but one foot in front of the other to, if it's, if it's minute by minute, like however it is, day by day, whatever you need to do, slow down, enjoy the moments you're in, even if you're in adversity. If you're not facing, if you're not getting failure, then you're not pre- challenging yourself hard enough. You're not pushing yourself hard enough. So you need to be able to slow down, appreciate those moments. Even the adversity that you're facing in this current moment is going to bring out
2: the best version in yourself if you make the right choices along the way. That's exactly right. And that's the, I think that's the lesson. I've had people who've listened to the podcast share with other hosts that um, we're in a very dark place. And uh, my you know, my call to action, if you're listening, if you're fortunate enough to get, ne- uh, you know, linked up with somebody where you can go share some of your thoughts, that's the beginning step. It's just mm-hmm. going out and yep. being willing to put yourself out there and go out and get that some of that help. So that would be my encouragement to you. So that's it. Um yeah. If you're in the area um, now today, obviously we're going to do a call to action a little bit later on. Uh, but we'd love to have you out here. If you're if you're not here today and you happen to be in the Rockwall community, Texas Gun Club is a great place where you can go and meet a lot of the the veterans who are going to be involved in today's TBP event. Um, so appreciate you all coming out. Y'all are welcome. to Come back anytime. It's. We'd love to have you here. And thanks for having us. We appreciate you truly. Appreciate y'all having me.
1: This has been the uh, joint production of Medivac Podcast and Knucklehead Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. If you're not already, follow us on the socials at Medivac Podcast and at At, uh, Knucklehead MG. Knucklehead MG. There it is, right there. Head on over, hit those buttons, engage with it, and uh, let us know what you think. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you guys.